If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not go to a pub at all. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me a Murray, well, I'd say Peroni as well. And welcome back to Four Blades in the Pub again at the Cross Size. Sorry if it's a little echoey tonight, we're in the big conservatory. It's like Phantom of the Opera. Uh, but I'm very pleased to be joined by what I like to call the originals. And I'd like to welcome Dan this evening. Good evening, everyone. Phil. Hello. Ian. Good evening. And I'm John. So um, we've got an interesting lineup for you tonight. But although the game was a week and a half ago, due to this uh, wonderful international break we've just had, I think we'd better talk about Bournemouth for a couple of minutes and the very, dare I say, quite important win that we managed to get in that game. I think it's important because we're basically on the cusp of that 40 points that, that we've been sort of seeking all season. Who'd have thought we'd have done it by the end of February? But yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree. I thought we were piss poor first half, certainly for the first half an hour anyway. 20, yeah, first 20, 25 minutes, we just, they just, Bournemouth just seemed to settle a lot because their passing was more accurate crisper than ours we seem to just be knocking a lot of hopeful a lot of hopeful kind of channel balls we used to look to yard off yeah all over the pitch as well all over the pitch I don't think there's one player in that first half hour who stood out as having a a reasonable game probably the only the only player over the over the 90 minutes I would say put in a reasonably consistent performance for much of it I thought was Basham but you know it was one of those games where we weren't at our best for a large part of it but actually, you efficiently got the job done. It, what, what was really sort of stark was how, how it sort of changed. I mean, we actually didn't start the game that badly. Fleck had a chance really yeah. early on, if you remember. But then it was just like almost like a, someone switched a light switch on. Came and it, straight into it and we just, yeah. we just couldn't seem to get anything together. I thought it was interesting for them. And it, I think Match of the Day 2 highlighted it on the analysis. But Wilson caused us so many problems first half. And yeah, it's that ball, ball again behind the turning that, that almost not, not far off a straight ball just yeah. getting the centre halves turned and, 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 and it put us and that's where we looked shaky at times about this season yeah. and that was causing us all sorts of problems but having got the equaliser and got him back level it was interesting how they showed in the analysis how much deeper Wilson dropped yeah. and he wasn't on the shoulder anymore so they didn't have an outlet which actually probably made it more comfortable for us second half but I also think that comes from us playing better and playing better further up the pitch and closing down from the front. So, what do you think changed then? Because after half an hour, it was visible that we we were just we weren't just in the ascendancy. We were better side. All yeah. of a sudden, it was just we were all over them. And I'm not sure whether it was a tactical change or whether it was just the, the momentum of the game switched or what. But it sometimes was, games change on one thing, don't they? Can, can change they? on a tackle or a missed chance, and you can and suddenly the game kind of swings. But there didn't seem to be one. A discernible thing, didn't they? I think, I think the thing for me is we, we often say the crowd at the lane sometimes when, it's, when it isn't a great performance needs some decisions or something to happen to get them. And I think there was enough going off, which I'm sure we'll come on to with some of the Bournemouth tactics, some of the Bournemouth absolute fakery that was going off on that pitch to get the crowd up. And I don't know if that just, in a way, just, yeah, just sharpened the players up a bit. Yeah. I think that helped. Because, I mean, like, like you said, sometimes it takes a, a bad decision to go against us or a bad tackle and the crowd suddenly start. And I think that I think that possibly had a bearing on it. How, how blatant they're kind of time-wasting and cheating and gamesmanship. And I think that, that, I think that worst I've seen this season. Yeah, yeah. 
And obviously there's some players who you know that you're going to get it from Grealish, Madison have both got a bad reputation, but... I mean, Philip Billings, six foot six, is he? Yeah. I've never 50, seen 50 with flight was ridiculous. Because it's not only holding your knee, when, as I said, I think I said at our time, what sort of kicks flight going to have to perform to hit his knee anyway? That's the that's a proper kung fu Shaolin soccer movie. That's wow. <laughs> like, that's not happening, is it? You know what well, film that was, by the way. But it was ridiculous, and then he spanned me there. And my mate, my mate Alan, who uh, does a bit of journalism, I used to do a lot until all the Sunday papers stopped sending him because he's obviously they don't think he's any good. But he, he, used, to, <laughs> he used to say, "He's not getting more work now." Is he it? used to say, "Yeah, I'm not telling you." Not a good one, um, but he said at Hillsborough this happens and it really happens at Bamalain and you can just feel sometimes the crowd and the game goes an extra level yeah. and it happens at all the big grounds in the country where there's a good home support and I think we, I thought there were a lot of that play acting riled everyone up, it riled up the players a little bit as well because before Fleck got Books. Did no one get booked for absolutely nothing as well? And and it, yeah, and I think that had it. And I think it's, it was so important to get the goal when we did because then that was like almost stamping the sort of like the game has shifted. And yeah, they, you, you went one 0 up at half time. It's a completely different game. To that that goal had really been coming, hadn't it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it, I think I, obviously I won't want to know because it, it could have been a different end end result. But if we'd have gone in one nil down, I'd imagine the second half would have been a little bit different. Because we came out kind of all guns blazing second half as well, didn't we? When did it kick off we um, Wilder and... Uh, 35 minutes, half an hour, 35 so minutes. So I wonder if it was that. I'll tell you what, did, what didn't do him any favours, Callum Wilson's goal celebration. Yeah, what a prick. What was that because all about? Because I've got no... Before, before last week, I had no strong feelings either way about Callum Wilson. But he was a decent player. He got well, fucking excited when he found his Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah, I was really excited at the end of the game when I found it on Twitter and I could at him. But uh, to be honest, I, I, um, I, my mate Ian's a Bournemouth fan, he was on the other end watching. And I, uh, I went back to him saying, what the hell was Wilson doing? You know, I'm not sure, we're all racking our brains to do what we've done oh, in the past. past What's though? happened in the past to taunt me in front of the cop? You know, was it someone when he was at Coventry? No idea. And he replied going, he always does a, a, that celebration, a little salute to the crowd, whoever's fans he's in front of. Did it for England when he scored there as well. I'm not sure there's much to get upset about. Ardy did the Jamie Vardy. To which I said, well, before I'd even had a chance to reply, actually, a comment that he put, just spoke to the missus. She watched our match the other day and said, Callum's celebration was a bit aggressive. I may need to take a look. Right. So I think at the time, they didn't think anything of it. They just took it as his standard celebration, but it felt like there was a little edge to it. But if he just scored that goal and just kind of celebrated with his teammates, gone back to halfway line, Fair enough, but the fact that he gave the cop then something to latch onto every time he touched the ball, because yeah. that every time he took the ball, that I gave him dogs abuse, and as did a lot of people. So it just it probably didn't do him any favors. And if you score that goal in the 90th minute, fine. Yeah. But you're setting yourself up to act like a, to look like a dick. If you score for Bournemouth after 15 minutes, you've got 80 odd minutes to survive. You're setting yourself up. Well, for, look at how Charles so celebrates in front of their fans. Runs past him. Yeah. There's a glance. And there's probably a smug look. He's not directly going to celebrate in front of them. Obviously it's at home, it's a different dynamic. Well, I, 
I personally get a bit more annoyed when they're not that bothered, but they have a little glance and that sort of gets me more. Than, yeah. See, I can, and see, like I can see when players have been given absolute hammer for 90 minutes and then they do it. I remember seeing one senior in right score for Palace down the lane and Cock had given him absolute dog's abuse. And he stopped with a latish on and he giving it wanker signs to Cock and everything. Everyone went mental. I thought, so what? I can't blame him. Yeah. Same as the Vardy goal. I said it earlier. I have no problem with that. What's But if, if, if by some fucking miracle I was able to score a goal against Wednesday in front of their cock, I'd still be fucking celebrating <laughs> yeah. that. Would you be fucking windmill? I'm a Newcastle fan. Willie Copter would be out. I was going to say, but they got out. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> so, um, so, a, a couple of performances to pull out then. So, that's the first time I've seen Sander Berger in the flesh. I thought he started really slow. I thought he, he took his time to get into the game, but when he did, he looked really, really assured. A lovely little touch of yeah. passes. Time, it was the time and he created for himself on the right wing. Yeah, You can see the quality, and I think it's that adjusting to pace. Do you think he's at fault for the goal? Well, he gives the ball away. It's so. a misplaced pass, but it's But he's not, not the only person that's no, at fault. Yeah, I think it was uh, Dan, your mate Dan Smith down on Twitter. He, uh, he said he said, oh, that was a shocking home debut. Yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of went back and said, I'm not sure shocking. Is yeah, because it was he was out play. If he'd have continued in that vein for the next 70 minutes, then, then I'd agree with him, the but he didn't. He dropped a clanger early on, and that could have that could have gone really bad, and they could yeah. have hidden. He, he got, got better. Shot, he got better as the game. Yeah, right. the fact that he drops a clanger earlier on and gets better tells it. me a lot about it. He showed it on match day as well. Um, what he has got sorted already is they showed the transitions when we're in attack and how we get the bodies forward. And he, uh, and he was... Very much not like running around going, do I stay or go? There, there, was one play, there was one commentator I heard talk about him, and I can't for the life of me think who it was or what station it was on. But they were saying, it might have been Pat Nevin, but it was saying, it's weird how you've got someone who's six foot five, but he's atrocious in the air. Well, I didn't see that at all. I thought he won a couple of... coming from Pat But I thought he won a couple of decent balls in the air as well. Oh, well was, there was the free kick... That was given where yeah. somebody was down for a while with Burge um, challenging, wasn't it? That was yeah. a Palace. No, there was. A, he, he went up and the ball was in the middle of the pitch. I'm almost yeah. certain, and the ball was there to him. And their player didn't even maybe get booked. Their player like collapsed. I think Burge won the ball and went kind of over the top of him because because yeah. he was over and above him. Yeah, and the kid was down for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And he does well for the goal as well, doesn't he? And whether he intended on keeping it up in the air like he did. I'm not too sure. I mean, I think we might, hopefully, we'll get on to talk about Saturday, obviously, but I think Saturday we might see something different from him, maybe I longer. Think, I think we've seen enough from him to say that once, like, like you said, Ian, once he gets used to the pace of the game, we're in a good position. Because the, the talent's there. I think, I, think he's, I think he's, unfortunately, and this is, this is where some of the comments, I think, come from, Lundström, being the kind of player Lundström is, bustling, energetic, all action, all action he... I think that elevates Lundstrom's performance, possibly sometimes above what it is. If don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's played poorly, I've he's played well. But I think we always like a dial action player, he's very visible. I think Berger, bizarrely for someone as tall as he was, isn't as visible. What he did was the simple things very well and started, like you say, to get in the right positions. Lundstrom comes on scores, everyone goes, oh, Berger, Berger didn't have a good game. And I think that skews people's well, perception. Lundstrom come on and played really well at Palace did, as well. did, yeah, which is, which is the direction you want. He didn't play that well when he came on. He scored against he scored against Bournemouth, but the first couple of his first couple of touches oh, yeah, were atrocious. Yeah. I, 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 I can't remember. Give the ball in his first couple of touches. Yeah. 
But it's funny you should say that because then I haven't got them with me, but in light of that, I'm sure if you got the stats for Basham and O'Connell, hmm. O'Connell's stats would read as more duels won, uh, better passing accuracy, yeah. uh, more blocks, etc., etc. Yeah, we all sat around a few weeks ago with the Arsenal Blaze pod and all said Basham would be his best defender. Yeah. And I think that's perfect, a case in point of. I'm not going to do a Kevin Blackwell impression, but you know, that the Blades way of, yeah. oh, oh, actually, big heart on the sleeve, or give me 10 of them every week. Whereas actually, maybe it's not always, always yeah. the better footballer, is it? So, on, on just a quick one on the goal, I think that's up there with one of his best goals we've scored oh, this season. Fantastic. Is that, is that, that throwing? Again, that throwing. Jordan Brunny on Twitter, every time he couldn't score a goal from it, it's, and again, it's, it's worked again. But there's, I mean, I've heard two or three managers this season that we played against said, we, we know that, you know, we know that they work this sort of routine from throwings, but yeah, it still Can't keeps do. working. Yeah. Just a little into, into, into fleck. It's usually either into fleck into or on the side, it's into, I think it's quite often Basham, is it? Or Basham's ball. It kind of just yeah. gets turned around the corner and then run onto it, little ball in. It's a good ball from Moose. Mm. It is a good really ball from good Moose. ball from Moose. And it's good feet and great feet. His first Moose. touch is brilliant. Great I mean, it's a good finish. It's, first touch. Touch. Yeah. It's, it's a great finish. Well, I took some inspiration when I was playing five aside to try and score a goal like that, and it did not go like <laughs> John. How many times did you fall over? It didn't fall over, but it wasn't so spectacular. And oh. I tried something else where I kicked the air. So. <laughs> I've had a few people actually say, and some would say they thought it was. Um, McBurney would score. I did at the time, 100%. It might have been you that said it actually, thinking about it. Because there's a bit more sheer on the I'm touching my hair for podcasters. Well, <laughs> say for podcast listeners, there's not a camera here, is there? But uh, he's had it a bit more sheer like McBurney. On the subject of McBurney, I thought it was outstanding. Man at match. Yeah. I thought it was man at match by him. Uh, he's, getting, he's getting better and better and better every game, really. We need some goals from him, but yeah. I'm only saying that because I know what our fans are like. But we're scoring goals across the team, aren't we? That... That to me says oh, it's more, more important. More important. We're well, getting goals from everywhere. When we were at last time, we relied on Hulse's goals. Yeah. yeah. And he got injured and, and we, we kind of dropped off. Whereas yeah. now, like you say, you're spreading the goals around. So but you're not, not as reliant on. Norwich basically don't score if Pookie them. No. Yet they've got players you'd expect mm. to get on the score sheet from midfield as well and wide. But he's right. I mean, to me. But they're doing it the right way, though. Norwich are doing it the right <laughs> way. <laughs> of course, yeah. They're, they're, we're all, everything about us is wrong. Everything about them is right. They're, ブリンドスフィア。あそこインテグリンドスフィア。インテグリンドスフィア。あの、あの、だ、だけ、スライドレスハーシ。ファイニングストップ。ワンインフレバスティス。そう、インテグリンドスフィア。ワンインフレバス
and then we've become a little bit more workmanlike, circumspect and workmanlike, but we're still getting the result. There's a bit of who we've played in that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be another one on uh, on Saturday, which sums that up. And I think that's a good way to end this section, and we'll talk about writing in a few minutes. Cool. 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 So, uh, welcome back to part two. I'm uh, glad we all showed our age, but we all finished part one by saying cool. That's quite embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> peace, John. Yeah, John's got the peace sign up as well. So, this weekend we've got Brighton coming up at home. Um, Brighton away was quite an interesting fixture, wasn't it? I think uh, quite interesting to see some of, the, some of the celebrations afterwards and having a drink under the ground. That was quite, uh, quite good fun, but... Yeah, it'd be good to see them coming to Bramall Lane and another game that you'd like to think is one of those who've got a chance of winning. Chance to get over that magical 40 points and a little bit closer to Europe, maybe. It's part of that decent little run of fixtures we looked at, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, for me, they're a funny side. A kind of neat side. There's a, some players there you think, actually in the past, I would have quite fancied him myself. Like, well, not fancied him in that sense, but, you know, Aaron Moy in midfield. Always good player. John's writing something down now and he's throwing him anyway. It, it's, I, don't worry, it's fine. I'm not putting Ian's a prick, pass it on. <laughs> but for the record, that's on the bit of paper there. <laughs> um, pass that to Dan. <laughs> <under me. laughs> players like you know Moy is a player I would have happily had at Bramall in yeah. that midfield at some point. Good signing for them, that. Yeah, I don't think there's a bit of fortune. They take a fortune from that, don't they? You know, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing his contract will come to an end, but still, I. I I consider Moy good enough to not to be a starter, but to be in Man City's twenty-three. I think he's Huddersfield that good. Signed him, yeah, Huddersfield bought him. Yeah, Huddersfield got him on loan from the Australian Man City. Yeah, because there is yeah, Australian Melbourne, Melbourne City. Yeah, um, and then because obviously then City can have any of these if they want. Them, yeah, yeah. Because um, there was a rumor when David. Was it David Beer? Was it the New York City? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Pearl like yeah. coming on one of them like American loans, which you don't seem to get anymore. But uh, but Moy, ah, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a good he's player. Like really, really top player. The one that's always impressed me for Brighton every time I've seen him is that Trossard. He looks a really dangerous player, and I don't think he always starts, which is surprising to be honest. But looks yeah. a good player. It's Trossard. Yeah. I'm just looking at the last game. You got Murray up front. We had playing him behind Trossard, Groves, who was. A fancy league, yeah. uh, rising Grob. style, I say. Grob was Sam calls him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Yep>, Sam. <laughs> and then Solly March on the other side, which again. Is he fit? I thought he'd been injured. He, yeah, he's he's proper not playing. Proper plays, proper plays with Moy just behind. I mean, that back four, look, the infamous Dan Byrne. <laughs> Nigel Atkins still back. chasing him. Dig me the biggest dog <laughs> in the world. <laughs> 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 One thing um, I don't oh, That's like, a reference for all you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kids, that's your dad's. <laughs> yeah. I want to see happening is what we seem to do down at their place in first half. He's playing long diagonal balls down Dan Burns throat trying to get. Because that is one of our moves. Few passes, get ball lock on. And a switch. But we do not that, that drop ball over the top of ball. Good work look. when he's six foot seven, though. Yeah. Yeah. If he can get it over him, though, he's got turning circle of a bus, hasn't he? I'm amazed he's playing in the Premier League. I don't rate him Especially at all. out of position. Mm. Well, he's a defender, but 
I mean, I was saying before, I think Potter is a very, very impressive manager. I like the way he goes about his business. I also like this idea of, because he was a non-footballing man, in the sense that he... Was, yeah, he's another kind of... He's gone and he, he, he went, was it the... He come up on the third or fourth third team? Division, yeah. And, and, and that, I think that, I think that separates him apart from a lot of what you hear about football today. Like you associate with people who, you know, it's, there is a culture. I think he's dying off a little bit of jobs for the boys and your name gets you somewhere. For example, Darren Ferguson will probably be announced as uh, Peterborough manager in 20 years' time for the 15th time. <laughs> Even though Alex will be probably have left us by then, hoping that he can get some player in on low. That's someone who's gone and he's done it the hard way. Yeah, asking yeah, that yeah, twist and, uh, Can I have Danny Well back again? <laughs> yeah, he can't walk. <laughs> in a way, he's done it a bit like Oshin. Oshin, I mean, that was a long time, Oshin was yeah. doing it in Europe. But he's gone to a, you know, Scandinavian. Just built, built, built a, a, a sort of progression. Yeah. A bit like Wilder's done over here. But in a, obviously, in a, you can say it's in an easier league to do it in. But he took them to Europe, and let's be honest, they were giving Arsenal and others a game in Europe. Well, yeah, yeah. Europe, yeah. Right? So, you know, for me, he's it, it, a good manager. But, you know, Saturday, let's, if we start with the right tempo, the right intensity, they, yes, they're scrappy, but there's a team we can be beating. If we, at the start of the season, if we were looking down these fixtures, that's one you'd pick. I mean, I don't think, that, pick out, I don't think, I know Potter's got some accolades this season, some plaudits, and quite rightly for the style, but I don't think they're actually that much better off in terms of points than they were in the Hewitt, are they? No. At one point, they were, they were a few points behind. I think he might be a couple of points in front. And it comes back to that style and substance, the whole Norwich thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but Norwich don't deserve to win it. Yes, they do. They went through a run, didn't they? Neil Mopai was scoring a lot of goals before we played him last yeah, time. Florida. And I don't think he's scored since. And no. it just tells you everything you need to know. That, um, Murray's back in. Murray's starting again. more confident going up against Mopai than Murray. Murray. Yeah, yeah. Murray. to a degree. Yeah, I just yeah, absolute handful. A bit of a wild old fox. He's got a bit of the touch of the Billy Sharps about him, hasn't he? You know, he's kind of rock. I breakfast with him on the Sunday after the Brown game. We were in this place that was far too posh for us. Upstairs. I'd help myself to the cucumber water in Glen Murray and his incredibly attractive wife and all that family <laughs> on this big table. And there was me, Sam Chops, Ed and Macca wearing a pair of ill-fitting shorts and blade shirt, <laughs> laughing at everything because he'd got in at five in the morning. Brilliant. I mean, I actually think their bench in some ways had better players on it than the starting eleven when they played Watford. Because you look here, Mopai was on the bench. Webster, who they signed for a decent wedge from Bristol City. It's centre half. Yeah, Jahambash. 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 AZ, Alkamar. Yeah, Bernardo and Aaron Connolly. We were saying a couple of minutes ago before we were recording, they've got this, like, they signed last season this plethora of kind of attacking players because that was what the recruitment team decided they were going to bring in. So Tony Bloom, he's got this money ball idea where he buys players based on statistics. But they bought them, and they didn't have a manager who could make them make them work and, and get a tune out of them. And it's the exact opposite of what we do now. So they kind of joined up, thinking we've got with Tufty, with Paul Mitchell, Mitchell, Mitchell. Sheba, Metis, even to an extent, seemingly with Van Winkle now as well. Yes, yeah. yeah. everyone's on the same page, and they're buying players that fit how we play and our style and our personality. Whereas, kind of Brighton. The Brighton owner went, there's a load of money, there's a load of players, Here's value can work. Yeah. and you were like, well no, I'm still going to play 4-5-1, yeah, that's why he ultimately lost his job. Because that was the tension in the, in the media 
Like, because I think often when this club like Brighton, it's little old, nice Brighton doing quite well. Chris and he comes across okay. They win some, they play key, but they're a bit workmanlike. But almost one of those clubs who was set to be like a Premier League mainstay for a while, just doing their thing. Like a still just kind yeah. of... Do you, do you know what? I, I think Brighton have got the potential to be a, 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 a fully-fledged Premier League club. Where they are, they haven't got a lot around catchment them. Areas the catchment well, area is massive. The catchment area is based on a road, so... There's more to it. It's something to do with a playoff game, apparently. It's, it's, it's a player, isn't it? It's, it's a player, Terry Venables, when he got Palace manager, tapped up a Brighton player. or There's some sort of... Yeah, it's not a derby. It's a false it's it's not a derby, no. but it's proper hatred as well. Yeah, yeah. it is proper really, hatred. Really do. I've got to be honest. I'm yeah. not. I'm never be one of these fans that's got two clubs because yeah, I can you have two clubs? But I have got a bit of a soft spot for Brian. I do I like do. him as a club. I don't dislike him, and, and that's why I was saying he had this thing. So when Hughton got sacked, there's a national like outrage about it. And, then you oh, so outraged from ex pros, why are you sacking one of my mates? Well, because he's been shit. Because look, look at what he's done. And so, Cowboy coming out with another example of those black managers not getting a chance. So, you're not going to get employed if you keep coming out in the media and saying this sort of thing. You also, you see him forget his club name on Saturday as post possibility. Called Southend, Southampton. Absolutely. In fairness, the interviewer actually said to him, Do you want to do that again? Why? You've just called him Southampton. Self-proclaimed most intelligent man in football. We're going off on a lot of tangents here, but like the first first one, to go back to something you said about what better players being on the bench, um, I actually think Brighton are a better team with Duffy playing with Dunk because it's yeah. more solid. And I think there was a, a like Webster's got something about him. But I think he's more of a ball-playing defender where the other two are... Webster's two of us. Kicking head and Webster's, Webster's perfect. Taylor also would suit that team. I mean, we probably have the chance to sign him because of our links with his former club. And he ended up going to Belgium and then on to Brighton. And if Henderson... I'm not going to get into the wider method where Henderson's going through talks about that. But if we didn't get Henderson, a good shout to Matt Ryan. Because he was yeah. at Central Coast Mariners. Is he at Gosford? Yes, Australia, isn't he? Right. I don't know. No, for I, me, yeah. I think he's one of the easy. And I quote Greg. Greg always says this: former member of the keepers union. He does some good saves. He does some very dodgy things, doesn't he? Yeah. And he comes like rushing out. And uh, so I, I'm saying, as an as an ex goalkeeper, Matt Ryan is a fantastic shot stopper, and he he is as good as anybody in the Premier League. But how many times have I said it before? If you're not a good shot stopper, you're not going to be a good goalkeeper. goalkeeper. It's I, what else he does that worries me. I and like, he, he dropped two against us. I like to say that one, like, the equivalent, the phrase shot stoppers, like, quite a, it's one that I find a bit strange. It's almost like you'd never say, oh, he's good at kicking it, about an outfield player, because you'd think, well, that's Ian's, his job. Ian's good at adding up, that's his job. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from a couple of weeks ago, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I think... <laughs> What's interesting, because I think we need to probably change the conversation a little bit on towards the game, generally, if we talk very broadly about Brighton, is uh, we've got a J.A. Clark 1980, I presume you're called Jack Clark, uh, I hope you are anyway, uh, said he enjoyed when we looked at um, Eddie Howe and sort of like pulled that apart a bit. So, in a similar vein to Brighton, so Dan's just touched on this idea of they've approached it in a money ball way. So, First year they came up, 
Now, I personally wouldn't, I, I wouldn't criticise them for the recruitment before looking into it. I think, I think at the end of this season, might be able to. So first year the cable, um, they signed somebody I've never heard of called Jürgen Lacardia from Eindhoven. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard of him. I know him. Fifteen million quid. They also signed Iscurido, uh, Jose Iscurido. I think this is Colombian or Venezuela. I can't actually see the flag properly. Uh, Venezuela from Club Bruges. So what they're doing is they're going to those top end but not elite level European clubs and smaller nations. Aren't they? Like Dan said earlier, it's money ball, isn't it? They're going David, on stats. David Proper, well, that's where he got. I mean, I think their owner he made his money in gambling, didn't he? Yeah. And I think he, I think he, I think he made his money from gambling and again playing the statistics and playing the odds and stuff like that. So then he got Eindhoven for Proper, who we still see that with ten million. Like, you'd say that's been a good sign. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Matt Ryan actually came from Valencia. Was it Valencia under Valencia? And he'd been at Bruce before that. Uh, or maybe he had a year on loan there. Yeah. Because you can never really tell this website's designed by a fucking clown. Um, Marcus Schuttner, I remember his name. But don't, don't, use the, don't use him to design that then for your website. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a few Bungers, uh, Bundesliga 2 players, uh, from two, well, two from FC Ingerslag, and then they signed Schiletto from Sporting. Now, what I would say, and you can't really grieve them for this, it's in a similar way to us in the Championship, and it's a similar way to us in the Premier League is you bring in these players to improve your team, but the ones that get you through, in the case of right, and they sign the player for sports, play right back, but then Bruno's doing the job. And Bruno in Brighton is like... Legend, isn't it? Like, yeah, God, like, God, like, like genius. Like, yeah. But then the Berlin Schleiter's in the team now, so it's like you say, players time will come. So me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> These players' time will come, or they moved them on. So I don't. I'm pretty sure Lacardi has been moved on now. Well then, so then we look at we look at the year after. Um, so we've got Johan Yabash, Isaiah Alkmaar again, that sort of upper echelon of the Eredivisie, seventeen million pound, and then Yves uh, Basuma from Lille, fifteen million pounds. So last summer they spent twenty-two million quid on two players. Thirty-two. Thank you. You're a teacher. <laughs> of food, <laughs> not maths. Sorry. I didn't want to correct him. <laughs> on the last comment, I didn't want to correct him on that in case I was wrong. <laughs> and I just, uh, <laughs> so without taking away from the, the experience listeners I'm trying to give you here, due to, <laughs> due to my fre- friends, Echoes, that's 32 million quid on two players who didn't really feature last season. That buys into what you were saying, Dan. Uh, Lado, you hand me bash. What a name. You almost want him to be the best player in the world. Uh, with that, it's got an amazing though, overhead kick. Yeah, he did it two in two weeks, didn't he? He started playing now and he does look and a really good, good, player, good player. Which is exactly what Dan was saying. He's only 24. And then uh, Yaviz Basuma, uh, I don't know if this was the age when they were signed or the age now. Uh, but he came on when we played there. Mm. I, I remember speaking after the game and thinking, when we were in like, low beer, but like when we were in it at the match, I was really like anxious and nervous. Like, oh my God, they're putting it on us, they're putting it on us, we're going to concede. And then when you watch like even the 15, 20 minute sky highlights, we weren't really under any pressure at all. But he was somebody who was moving the ball quite nicely. Spent nine million on a left back called Bernardo from Leipzig. 
who Dan Burns replaced. Um, and there's a lot of other three and four million, but what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to go opposite to Eddie Howe. I think it's because I just, like you, Phil, I've got a soft spot for them. And actually say that in a similar way to us, they brought these players in with the idea of progressing them, but the players that are, have been there, your Dunks, your Duffies, Bruno, they were playing Bond left back the last two seasons. Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray, Murray has um, now come back in. They've historically had a good transfer policy. They must have. They got, they got we've just talked about it, Jamie Murphy off us for not a lot of money. Glenn Murray for not Probably a lot of money. Free, yeah. People like Bruno who's been there for years and years. So the top three, they had, um, they had knockout as well for a while, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, Solly March has come through the ranks. He there. came through the ranks yeah. there, didn't so, they? Yeah. So this season, according to Transfer Mark, Mark, whatever you want to call it, not com, they have spent pretty much just just over 60 million on four players. Wow. And that's more pie for 19. Webster for 19. How much for more pie? It says 19.8. So we'll say 20. It says 19.67 for Webster. Why would that be such a peculiar number? I can almost see it when it's abroad to the Euros conversion. But And then Trossard from Genk, 18. And then Moik for 5.4. That's, which a, is a, that's bargain. a bargain. So one, one question I've got on that then. So that saying Morpai was 19 million, yeah. which is there or thereabouts ballpark about what we paid for McBurney. We think, ish. Mm. Who's had the better deal? Because Morpai was really, really heavily linked to us. Morpai to me is probably a, a, a younger Billy Sharp. Yeah, see that? I see Whereas McBurney's got a lot more to his game. I wanted McBurney. Well, I'll be honest, I wanted both. I was disappointed. I've got to be honest. At the time, I wanted Morpai and I didn't really think that we needed someone like McBurney. And I'll, I'm happy to admit I got that wrong. I must admit, early on the season when Morpai went on a bit of a he scored a few, he scored maybe four in five or yeah, something, yeah. and McBurney didn't. I was at the point where I was thinking we might have missed the trick here. But then we're seeing what, what McBurney's then, becoming. McBurney's got far more to his yeah, game. Yeah. But so, I think Morpai's a proper fox in the box, isn't it? What I would say about those four, although I'm probably contradicting my own point by saying Brighton are a better team when Duffy plays with Dunn, you'd argue we've all been all right signings. Mm. And they paid for it. We can't sit here and say, he doesn't represent value for money when we've splashed 20 million on McBurney. We've spent however much on Moose saying, okay, well, Moose We've signed, signed Callum Robinson for 7 million and sent him out alone. You do get the impression as well from hearing stories in the media that Morpai's agent would probably, there's, there's a good chance that McBurney could be here for another four, five, six seasons. Yeah. There's a good chance that Morpai, if he, if he does anything, his agent might be looking to move him on within yeah. a year or two. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I, th- I get the impression, because that was obviously, from what I heard from a couple of people, is the reason the deal stalled to bring more pay. It was because his agent played for the old post at the last minute. That's the rainbow, wasn't it? And he also, like, I think he was in the gossip column just in December, having scored, like, as the old art, but scored like four goals, and it was something like, oh, Ren are interested in bringing Neil Morpai back to France because. So something with him. You know, he he was an avid reader, and uh, so when they all get off the coach, Ben Osborne. (laughs) (laughs) When they all get off the coach at the away game, they all got the beats on or whatever with the wash bags. He's always carrying a book, 
ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブリッジ。ブ
is Zivkovic rather than just being a, a body to fill a, a shirt. Maybe, maybe. And, and as much as we all love Moose, if he can't get, if we can't get a, a consistent ninety minutes out of him, he's gonna no, he's gonna it's, fall it's, by the wayside. It's no good being able to be basically blowing out of your arse after sixty minutes or only be able to come for the last half hour. At yeah. some stage, he's got to be able to play four, five, six, ninety minutes on the trot. Or yeah. 85 minutes Totally agree, I totally agree. As good as he as is when he comes he on for, for... You're not in the part of the season where it's like two games a week either. No, I know. No. So but no. It, it, he's got to... Uh, it's, it was interesting listening to, slightly digress, Kel Brook talked the other day about um, he's living the life now, properly living the life. Yeah. He wants to go back, he wants to be a double weight world champion and he wants to live the life properly. So the first thing he did on a, the Monday after the fight that he won the other week was he was straight back in the gym. That's what Musa needs to do. He needs to change his attitude. Well, he needs to change the way that he eats. He needs to change the way that he trains and he needs to commit to it properly. Otherwise, he's never going to get what he could be. Because they all said that when they, were there, when they were Osborne and McBurney, that thing, who's the worst trainer? Moose. Yeah. Not even, Straight a, away. not even a kind of mm, Moose. Straight away. Straight away. And you can see it's the way he handles himself on the pitch. It's not an arrogance, actually. It's just a... How often does he go down injured and you're like, he looks hurt? And then the next thing is after he's had a five minute breather, he's well, back up and he's off again. When he's been on three minutes, he's fucking still off sound. Yeah. But the interesting, again, when I was out, with, I went out for a few beers with the Bournemouth fans who were up for the match with my on uh, last Saturday. And they were saying the biggest problem they had with Moose was that he got pals with Jordan Ive. Yeah. yeah. It was just a bad influence. And they just. Yeah, he's just been, he's in court for. Somewhat other at the minute. Really? Yeah, I don't know that. I think, I think it's a driving offence, but it's but, but all basically going fucking about. Yeah, and they were just air rifles or like on some sort of like quad bikes. You know, and like so basically, he, he piled on with Ive, and that was it. He was he, he got the wrong. There's no wrong doubt that he's got bags of potential. No doubt in it. But that's what he won't. He won't have a Jordan Ive at Bramall Lane. Well, I think mm. that's the one thing for him. Yeah. is his chance. Like you say, I just wonder whether he's ever going to be of the mindset to take it. The thing is, you look at him, and if he did get fit. He's got everything. He's got everything apart from a left foot. But <laughs> I, I guess what we, funnily enough, we're actually so, one of the questions we got. Alex, Alex the coach. Alex the coach. Alex Bolton three. Um, Leads me to say clearly has the talent and clearly likes the fitness. Do you think we'll see a different player for full pre-season or for a being impact player at the bench? That's my, hope. my hope is that while gets old in summer and says right. Shit or bust, yeah. You He's going to go one of two ways. Yeah. I mean, we we went out for a run through the week and we talked about it then. He, he'll either kick on, the penny will drop, and it, the penny will drop, and he'll become something he could be, or he'll be gone by next January. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think. I think that's fair, but I also think we don't. I don't think Wilder and Sheffield United could wait for him. So no, the decision's absolutely on him, not. Absolutely not. We can't. We it, want. It's hard to say if someone. <laughs> you know, someone eats well or whatever, but you just look at Moose and his conditioning compared to the rest of the players, he's not he's not there. Like I say, it's not just eating well, is it? It's a combination of everything. It's a combination of wanting when they're doing when they're doing sprints or doing doggies, he's got to want to do that last doggy. Yeah. He can't just be kind of coasting in for the last bit. When they did that, uh, do you see when Robbie Savage interviewed Wild the other week? Yes. And he said the team they said the group police themselves and he said they're supposed to be doing uh, they're supposed to be doing like warm up trap pitch. McBurney had kind of gone from kind of corner flag to corner penalty area and cut it off, and he went, He'll get bollocked for that, he'll get shafted from that. And you would imagine the rest of the team yeah. will be saying to Moose, Come on, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm putting this in, you need to do you need to do it. It's, 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 it's the actual well, thing, is, but what's what the funny difference is with McBurney and Moose is he might do the cheeky little thing like that, or 
be obviously photographed for Joe Rogan being tattooed in his big house and having boxing matches. What other stupid behaviour he wants to get involved in? Well, the difference with McBurney is you wouldn't quite, I don't, I don't question his fitness. Well, I also good. think he looks he's like a racing snake, isn't he? If anything, he needs to. But he's even come out and said, I didn't realise how much intensity this was going to be, and now I've got my head around it. I'm starting to, you're starting to see the best of me. Yeah. He's come out and said that. And Moose, I'm not. We might be completely wrong. We might. We might just one of them players who is just natural finishing. That's how he's built, and that's how his fitness is. But but the impression is he's he he just doesn't look or act as if he's ever going to get that penny drop moment and 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 kick on. So so let's think about on Brighton. It's been quite quite a long one to be fair. But what what do we think? What score wise this weekend? I'm going to go two nil blight. Okay. Yep. I'm going. Well oh, sorry, I'm going. Same as in Bournemouth, three-one uh, United. Yep. Right, I'm sticking in a camp, and I feel like the McBurney performance that I've been predicting for a while is going to come. Lots is going. We're going to win four-nil. Burgess going to. Uh, McBurney's going to hat trick, and Burgess going to score, and we're all actually going to think we're going to get in Champions League on Saturday night. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm going to fall foul on my missus' role. Though. I'm not allowed to come home pissed. What time are we getting to the sheath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, she's only said you can't go out after. Yeah, that's just true. That's just true. Before. Uh, I, I'm going Bladesman as well. I, I think it'll be, I'm going to go 3 1. That'll do for me. Any of them would be good, wouldn't they? 2 0, 4 0, 3 1. I think everyone who's listening would agree. That'll be great. Perfect. It's back for the quiz in a minute, guys, anyway. Welcome back to part three, everyone. Uh, this is the part of the evening where we do the, uh, the now ubiquitous uh, blades, four blades in the pub quiz. Great work. Thank you. Um, and obviously this week we're concentrating on our opponents this weekend, Brighton and Old Albion. We've had some, some looking, having kind of sat down to this quiz for a few, uh, a few days ago, we've had, some, we've had some decent games against them over the years and, and a few players that have kind of represented both. So. Um, is everyone, everyone happy with their answers? I'll have a go. I wouldn't say happy, but right. I've got some. Like I said, this is not a loop press standard quiz, so <laughs> I wouldn't expect, uh, expect more than ones and twos. Uh, question one. On September the 4th, 1989, the Blades were involved in a roller coaster 5-4 win against Brighton at Bramall Lane. Having been 3-0 up, we then find ourselves 4-3 down going to the last 10. Which Blades player scored the last-minute winner with a diving header? I've guessed at Tony Agana and I think he's wrong. I've not guessed, I'm gonna put, I'll guess at Brian Dean, because I can count. I think he and I'll get this. He was scored two goals that day and it was John Francis. Oh, I could have right. John Francis, but I thought it were earlier than that. No, and it was, it was a peach of a cross by Jock. Bryson does a little, on Brian's side, side, little kind of side, steps to the right, steps to the left. Which is crossing. And to score from where he did in the box mm. as well. Yeah. It was Do you know what? I saw that on Twitter the other day as well. I should have got that. Well United have there's, there's a few of these questions where United have properly shafted me today and I've, I've seen one of them for definite. I've seen I've seen <laughs> things that have been tweeting out a lot I'm I'm old enough to be and it, that memory was one of my favourite memories of that night of promotion season. Because like you say, what, three up three up, four, four three down. down. And then we got a penalty. Yeah. Which, which Francis Bryce, got brought down and Bryson Bryce scored. scored. Yeah. And then Bryson set Francis up for the winner. Yeah. 
That's up there. Is possibly my all-time favourite Blades game that I've been to. It's up there with the like the Forest Four Three and stuff like that. But yeah, promotion season it was probably about twelve thousand. Yeah, wow. yeah, crowd wouldn't be great, would it? Yeah, it's just a different different time. Crazy, isn't it? Uh, so, same game. Question, question two. Which player who scored two goals for Brighton that day would also go on to score for the Blades in the legendary last game of the season at Leicester? So, uh, by uh, sort of working out who scored Who's at Leicester. Scored? <laughs> so that gives you a one in. Will Frostrom. No. No. This is a complete stab in the dark. Thank you. I think it's before my, his time. So, I've got Phil Starbuck. It was before his time. A long way before his time. Paul Wood, correct. Another, I mean, player who actually I thought would have had a better career than what he did because he looked what as a winger. When, when he came in at United, I thought when we got promoted, I thought he's going to be he's going to be a Premier League, a Premier League star, a yeah. top flight star. So I'll, I'll just pick the wrong one on him. Yeah, quality winger. Yeah. Okay, and this is the other one that United have shafted me on today. On the 19th of October 2002, we beat Brighton 4-2 away from home in another stirring comeback, having been 2-0 down. Which Blades player scored a hat-trick, having only come on as a second-half sub? It's not Owen or Giggs when the Blades beat the Pigs, it's a Sava. Correct. So, I'd, I'd put Andy Gray, but I've changed it to a Sava. I had a brain because did, did he play for Brighton at one point as well? Yeah. Did he play for Gillingham? I knew there was Brian. something to do with him scoring that. I suddenly yeah. remember there was some point about him scoring. I've got Bright, a Sarver. Well. Yeah, Cabin, and then I've got a Sarver. I think you've got. I think two of them are penalties. Possibly. Yeah, I think they fucking need to be for yeah. Sarver. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, he's a good player for Sarver. Uh, question four: In two thousand and four, United signed centre back Danny Cullet from Brighton in a move which didn't really work out. But which Premier League great did he help to get sent off in an FA Cup tie later that season? I, I admit I was thinking striker without a forward and then I thought, was it not someone like Adams at a corner? But I couldn't remember. So I think it was from a corner and I put Adams as well, but I don't, with him putting legend, would you class Tony Adams as a Premier League, or Premier League great, sorry? I probably would, but... But it's not. <laughs> I'd originally put Ray Parler. Not a Premier League great. He's only, then, he's only Ray Parler. <laughs> but then he was, he never got sent off because he was too busy going out drinking pints of coke so, we are in Brazil. Would it be in a Premier League great then? I've got the Berg. Berg. Someone like Bergkamp? Bergkamp. Really? Bergkamp sent off in a, in a fracker. Fracker. Hang on, we've had ubiquitous of fracker. The quiz has gone up a lot. Andy Gray scored the last minute pen and they make it a draw. Didn't we have a, didn't something happen? Shouldn't we have had a penalty and not got one? We had a ball or something like that. Oh, to a dodgy offside involving it was, it was a match of the day. Scored. Scored. That's right. Yeah. Cullip scored. Scored from a from, from a corner. Flicked header from a corner. That's right. Live on match of the day. John Rappers. Lunchtime kickoff on it. That's right. Yeah. It was it was a lunchtime kickoff. I was in London going to see the first Pixies gig of their comeback tour in the UK. Not going to the match. Got pissed in a pub with two empty fans. Monkey's gone to heaven. John's gone to the pub. <laughs> I'm, fairly sure, man. I'm fairly sure that's the one from the one documentary where it, we're in the dressing room after and he says, I want to be a great lads, but I so want to beat fucking Plymouth Wednesday. Voice over. United lost 3 0. <laughs> <laughs> you can do what you want now, shaggy birds in your front seat, you can't. Maybe that's an episode we should do. The Just Warnock documentary. Review the Warnock documentary. Yeah, that's, that's an episode of the Yeah. Uh, question five. Cullip only played 11 times for the Blades before he was moved on. 
Which player who would be integral in our promotion campaign the following season was part part of a loan swap deal with? Or swap loan deal? So, Mike, as I tried getting the answer out of you before the quiz now, um, I'm convinced Cullen went back to Brighton, but then I couldn't think of anyone who came to United from Brighton because so we didn't get Kazim Richards to the Premier League here, I think. So I've gone for Danny Webber, because I can imagine going somewhere like Watford and then being moved on almost instantaneously. And you put Integral, which has led me down that path. I went Paul Eiffel, thinking he must have gone to a thuggish club. <laughs> <laughs> it was Danny Webber. Danny Webber. Is it Webber? Yeah. yeah we, 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 so we, we went to Watford on We Rose. sent him on loan to Watford, we oh. got Webber, and then at the end of the season we signed Webber, and I think Cullen did go back to Brighton. I'm fairly sure he went back to Brighton, but we found him out to Watford on loan. What had been the problem with Colin? Did he have a bowling or something? From from what I heard, he twatted tongue in training. I don't mean punched him, I mean was literally just through going through people in training and one or like, hang on. Not having that. Not having this. And a bit of a, I mean it wasn't no loss where it was shit. Never wank. <laughs> <laughs> Looked about forty five. <laughs> he looked like that bloke who just got arrested for the drug dealing at the age of That 34. Asian guy who's like thirty four and looks like my granddad. He's thirty four, I'm in primary school. He's got an Asian granddad. <laughs> Fitz, is that it again? <laughs> cheers, Chris. Uh, cheers, Chris. Cheers, Dad. That's that work. <laughs> Any excuse to bring that the legend up? Uh, question six. How many games did Chris Wilder play for Brian? I've got a complete stack. Can I have not many? I've gone for six. I've gone for 15. I've gone for 26. 11. No there I you, you, you equidistant between London and Reading? Nearly, nearly. Not far away. Question seven. In the 2005-2006 season, we beat Brighton 1-0 away and 3-1 at home. But which future blade came on a sub in both matches? I'm assuming we've all got this. Coca-Cola kid? Yep. CKR? Yep. He went on to have a right career, didn't he? He's still I mean, playing. Playing in Brazil. Playing Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. I mean, in fairness, it would have Good football. Yeah, something. Yeah. 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 I like going on holiday in Turkey and now it might be a bit different, they might know who we are, Sheffield United. But all they could talk about was Kazim Kazim as they call him. Ah, oh, Kazim 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 Kazim. Just someone else from Fenerbahce, another decent size. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's I'm a little uh, goosey here because yeah. I reckon he had a right career. He had some talent, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He had some. Well, he must have got a like 15, 20 turkeys. Yeah, that, that, that goal he scored against Bolton was brilliant. Yeah. He's, well, he's four months older than me. He. That's where the similarity ends. He went from Fenerbahce. Well, he had four years at Fenerbahce. Yeah. Uh, and then he went on loan to France to Toulouse. Obviously, thought he had nothing to lose by going. And then <laughs> Gallas. Two he went to France to win. <laughs> two years at Galatasaray, then Olympiacos. So Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. Yeah, which is unusual itself, isn't it? And then um, Blackburn, Beresport, Feyenoord, so Celtic. I don't remember that. Yeah, I briefly, I, I did. Yeah. Uh, Three then, of the four biggest clubs in Turkey, though. That's a really yeah, unusual. Yeah. Uh, Curitiba's in Brazil. Curitiba, Corinthians, Lobos, Buap. Don't know who they are. Veracruz, where he was... Probably his most prolific. He's an apartment block in Benidorm, isn't it? We very Veracruz. Oh no, Feyenoord scored his most goals. Who's um, about one every two and a half games at Feyenoord. And then... Pachuca, that's Mexico. Yeah. 
37 caps for Turkey, retired no, from international football in 2015. He also played for Turkey A2, that must be the paper merchants, and uh, five games for Turkey in <laughs> the 21. That was better than my nothing to Okay. Question eight. This would be interesting because we've both got quite similar answers. We've all got quite similar answers here. Sorry, Dan. Leaden legged, caravan towing, tortoise esque midfielder. And for those of you that can't see, I've just done the Dr. Evil air quotes around the word midfielder. <laughs> Dean Hammond played for both Brighton and the Blades. But how many times did he sully our beloved red and white stripes during his time with us? First question is can we have a point for putting too many? Too many. Too <laughs> many. <laughs> Thank point. Thankfully, he never wore the red and white, did he? He wore the white. With a slightly well, I, I got told I was having a point taken off me, and I was a cunt for saying <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, I, so you well, might as well go first because you're banging in the middle of us. Two. I've gone for thirty. I've gone for twenty-eight. I'm on thirty-two because, unfortunately, I'm almost convinced as soon as he arrived, he played every waking moment League Cup. You fucking name he played it. Played almost every game. Played every, pretty much every game. Ian bang on the money. Thirty. <laughs> Which is 30 times too many. (laughs) Does Ian lose points? We're getting that right. Well, 30 and too many. (laughs) Wow. That's that's a really disappointing answer. Yeah, it is. I'm actually gutted to get that right. I would be. (laughs) Question nine. According to transfermarked.com, what fee did we receive for Jamie Murphy in 2015 when he left for Brighton? I've gone too low, I've gone 1.2, but I suspect it's higher. I'd originally put 2 million and I've just changed it to 1.2. I've gone 1.75. 1.89 million. Hmm. Going to transfer marked. I'm guessing that. I think we will end up getting about 50 pence up front. <laughs> Assigned fat, best of fat boy slim on vinyl. But where's the Murphy money gone? That's what you need to Well, ask. I remember when we, got, we went to that um, forum, McKinney McKinney, didn't we? And I, asked, I kind of said to McCabe, look, how come we always get kind of bottom, bottom end money for our players? Because I can't remember who, someone had sold someone around the same time as us. Probably fact, Peter QPR had sold Connor Washington, sorry, Peter had sold Connor Washington for QPR yeah. for about three and a half million. And I said to McCabe, look, Jamie Murphy's basically been the best player in League One for the last season and a half. Why do we get less than two million? And his answer was, ah, but how many times has he played for Brighton? Well, that's not really the point, is it, Kevin? No. <laughs> once he's left us, that's their, that's, their, that's their problem. Essentially, he's dead to me once he's left us. Yeah, I removed him from Twitter the minute he signed. I do. Unless, <laughs> and basically, unless he Kevin McCabe, Kevin McCabe, don't you know? Yeah. Although, to be fair to Jamie Murphy, he's absolutely tearing League One apart. Well, he's, still, he's, he's too good for yeah, the league. He's too good for the league. I said this at the time. He leads the time, Dick. He scored. Yeah, he would. The beauty of Get he used to create goals at that long ball down left hand channel. He has this. He'd just look at him and then just put burners on and without actually looking without rapid, but he's then just travelling. Just travelling with the ball. He's, he's quick over a really short space. He does a bit where he kind of slows him up yeah. and slows him down. I, I always like that. The goal that went really like was I mean, a brilliant example. Was it Clough was the first one to really get a tune out of him? Because when he first came for the first season and a half, we were bang average. Oh, well, did Wilson sign it? He came, he came in. He did nothing for the first season. Under Wilson. 
John Rossi came in under Danny Woods, I'm sure he did. Um, and but then maybe that was because he was we, we were playing more of a version of four three three, if you like, under Clough, weren't we? Eventually, which required Murphy to get on the ball yeah. a bit more, with back, especially when he had his probably best run. Excuse me, would be when Baxter would be playing like the false nine. Murphy on one side, Scoogle in and around, Flynn on the other. <laughs> no, but the point is, we managed that, was, that, like it or not, that was the front four when we went on a 20-odd game, unbeaten run, and won most of them as well. And when we finished seventh, we got to the... Scoogle, Flynn, Baxter, Murphy. Murphy, oh, yes. It's like a shit group of Scottish lawyers. Scottish <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Uh, you only pay if you get if you yeah. No Question problem. ten. Combined, how many goals has Ollie Norwood scored for both us and Brighton? I've got eight. I think I've gone over eight. I've said nineteen on the basis that he's taken all this to and I imagine they got a lot when they got promoted. Maybe so, yeah. Uh, well I've gone twelve, so I've, uh, trying to figure out how many he scored for us and I think he's got five. I can only think of one. So he scored Villa. Free kick. Brentford. Brentford away. Brentford at home. Watford penalty. penalty. Watford penalty. That might be it. Four, uh, four for us. The, four. Game. the answer is four. Did you never score for Brighton? Four for us, <laughs> zero for Brighton. Wow. wow. I'm sure he scored in the playoff game away at Middlesbrough. That was for four. Sorry. <laughs> 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 you know, Fulham had Middlesbrough in the playoffs and it was a last minute pen to get seven to Wembley and he took the rocket, he took the net with it. Like top bins, smashed it in, and then he was when we got him and we had the debut in the cup, and he, yeah, was, he ran the shoes, and then he just yeah. completely shanked his pen. Like, oh, right. it, but, do you know what? I, I'm not sure how much longer. I'm probably digressing a little bit. I'm not sure how much longer he's got as a first team regular for United. For for the fact I think we'll sign better than him, and we may already have done that with Berger, but he'll go down as a proper Blades legend for me. The, the the way that he took us from the level that we were at yeah. to the next level to get us to where we now are, what a footballer he is. He's, he's, he's still excellent. I think he'd be a prime example of we don't know what we've got, so it's gone. Because Maybe. there are certain parts of our support who seem to suggest that he's like this, um, like it's expendable, like, oh, well, we can just get another Nord in. You can't. You've got to spend big on it. If you're going to replace something all, you've got to spend a lot on it. When you say certain part of our sport, you've been a certain big lad who sits on a cot, who I hear in the bogs after every match, slagging Norwood. You get like, to be fair, Sam doesn't like Norwood. He thinks he's out. He thinks he's, he, he, he needs to lose his place in the team. For us to get a significant upgrade on Norwood. It's going to cost us a lot of money. It's going to cost, it's going to cost at least uh, Bergman. Exactly. And what do we sign Norwood for? One and a half. Yeah, or two not a lot. Basically, the money we got for Lee Evans. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and, and it's another example of we need to trust Wilder. Yeah. So, Wilder brings oh, Evans in, moves him out straight ahead, and goes, whoa, whoa, and then five minutes later brings Norwood in. Look at the best salads in the Premier League. Who in the midfield, who in the midfield three of Liverpool's got the passing range of Norwood? I'd argue none of them. I would argue that. Fernandinho Rodri don't spray the ball in the way Norwood does. Obviously, I think Fernandinho is a phenomenal, more defensive player, and probably haven't seen enough of Rodri. You certainly wouldn't want Matic. 
Like, I'm thinking of like a holding midfielder. There's, it's like, there's not many players that can do that. that. No. no, there isn't. And that, don't get me wrong, me saying that, I'm not saying I think Norwood needs to be replaced because he doesn't. Well, not right go, now. Let's go back to the flip chart. Yeah. You know, the flip chart when mm. they were out at the. In Dubai. In Dubai yeah. had the player, it was a replacement for Norwood, judging by the way they set it out, not backup for Norwood. And Berger may well be that player mm. long term. He may well be. But he's got to learn our way first. But he's so doing, I think, yeah, that. that that role is going to be harder to learn than the role he's been yeah. asked to do now, which is essentially box to box. Yeah, that yeah. role there, knowing when to sit, when to go, when to give, that's going to be a harder. The only thing that learned, as people learning curve. The only thing, what you'd say about Norwood, although I've always been a big advocate of defending how much he actually does get stuck in, because a lot of people say, "Oh, he's, he's defensively, he's, he's really good." But I, but I do think physically, and maybe even you'd argue pace. Because you actually need pace in central midfield more than ever in the Premier League, I think. And I think that's where he's been a little bit exposed from time to time. So yes, his passing range is second to not many players in the Premier League. But he can't really carry the ball very well. And I think you need to be able to do both. To do that in the Premier League, you need to be able to pass it or break through when you need to. And he can't really do that to that yeah, level. Possibly. But well, 100% agree with your comment, Phil, that it'll just go down as an absolute legend. Yeah. Talking of legends... Uh, question 11. Which band links Brighton supporting DJ Norman Fatboy Slim Cook and Blade celebrity fan Paul Heaton? Sure, I'm surprised we haven't all got this. House Martins. Yeah, listen to him on the way back from Northampton all the way today. Correct. So, how are we doing score wise? I think I might have got two. Should have. <laughs> no, I've got four. I'm on four. Six. Well, Ian's won. Ian's won. Ian's won. Ian's won. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Dan set a quiz because we're more age aligned, which means I've got more of a chance. <laughs> I do try and put questions, I, I, I must admit, when I put questions in from 80s, I always think, I'm going to struggle with this one, I need to talk things <laughs> uh, So, tiebreaker anyway, uh, according to the AA route planner, what is the distance in miles between Bramall Lane and the Amex Stadium? I'm way too high, I put 280 and it's less than that. Phil, didn't you drive this? Yeah, I did, but I had to go a long way around because the uh, M25 was short. I've gone 234. That's, the, that's what I went based on. Ah, okay. <laughs> You can bowl it. <laughs> I've gone two four one. What did you get? Two three four. Two 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 point nine. Oh okay. How how quick did you get there, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> three quarters an hour. I left Sheffield at ten. We got there for a beer at about half one. It was funniest conversation <laughs> I've ever had on phone with you. I'll see you in a bit. I don't think you will. Who were our Sam? Have we got a fucking helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> Good quiz that done. Good quiz. We'll be back. be back shortly yeah. for what we're we talking about next. We've got a Four Blades and Grumble. Four Blades and Grumble, which should be quite interesting, especially since some of the questions are directed specifically at me. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put the pub on. I've changed the Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to buy me Murray, right. Well, I'd say Peroni as well. So welcome back to point part four. Point four? Part four, and um, we put a question out on Twitter last night asking if there's anything you'd like to hear us chew the fat over in uh, in the pod tonight. 
And we got quite a few replies, so we thought we'd just uh, plow through them. We've done one or two already, actually, if, as you'll heard in uh, previous sections. So um, let's let's start off with the uh, first question from a uh, friend of the pod, Alan Picard of uh, Oh, I'll Picard's be happy that we've gone with him first. Sorry? Well, he'll be happy that we've gone oh, with him yeah, first. Oh, yeah. Egos, egos suitably sated. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's, it's, I can't say it was a question, it was a statement. The life and times of Axel Smeets. So I used to get a bit of stick about this from um, from the people I sit around uh, on the cop when he was actually at United playing. Yeah, but it were great in that pre-season friendly at Donny. He used to say it every time. Yeah, but it were great in that pre-season friendly at Donny. It's the only time I think he's ever actually been any good at football because he was fucking dire when he it's played. Like I've got very little recollection. I seem to remember him. I do remember seeing him play in a League Cup game really early on in the season. Oh, oh, that's the sum that of season. Of but that season was Adrian Heath's. What? Was oh. it Heath that signed him? Heath signed him. Can't have been many. He played a grand total Ten. of eight. I and he, he went on to play for Liers in Belgium, Ankaru in Turkey, and Hamkam. <laughs> Which uh, is a Norwegian football Where's club. Where's he from? Ham- Belgium. Belgium. He's Belgian. Hamcam sounds yeah. like a Wednesday Wednesday bloody video cast. <laughs> <laughs> travelling, travelling pig. Hamcam. <laughs> is that another uh, week to travelling blade there, John? Uh, well, we'll tag travels in. Yeah. Uh, but no, my immediate response on Twitter was last seen hiding under David Gisbrecht's tash. Who <laughs> well, I believe was. What a magnificent tash. I think we should take this opportunity then to uh, think of the life and times. Use a very, very open interpretation. One of my favourite sections we've ever done on the podcast is <laughs> when we looked at. Uh, I know where this is going. <laughs> Dodgy things. Oh, no. So, free rain, lads. Within 30 seconds, what is Axel Smeets up to right now? Not this minute, but like as generally in his day-to-day life. I can kick it off if you want. Go on, man. So, he... <laughs> what's, what's his native tongue again? Ian, I'm afraid. He's Belgian. So, he's possibly so, Spanish. So, so yeah. he, so he, he, he moved back to Belgium eventually uh, and decided to reside in Bruges from where he was for many times doing historical walks of the city, <laughs> talking to tourists about the, uh, the culture uh, and also had a great time sampling a lot of the drinks and being on some of the, uh, the trappist stuff out there. So much that he drank that much of the trappist beer that he became a monk. <laughs> to this day, we see in the canals. See, this isn't fair because I haven't got anywhere near your imagination, John. Is there anyone asked to And to this day, he's still he's still a monk. He's still a monk. Well, so, Alan, hope that answers it. I, I'm not sure any of us can top that. I don't no. think we need to. I, I think, think that's I absolutely think right. the life and times of Axel Smeets summed there by uh, Mr. Bradley. So, next question. Um, so, here we go. And I've jumped. The trouble is I've jumped down the thing now. So, uh, does Lunny risk being the next Duffy if his agent continues to test wireless patients in contract negotiations? And that's from Roy Jackson. I think we're assuming the rumours that we've read on social media are true with that, aren't we? Mm. I'm still not having that he's asking for 60. Nor am I. 
Bear in mind that I saw a report last week that United's average wage is it's the lowest in the Premier League. I think our average wage is 14 grand a week. That, that'll have gone up since Burger signing, you, you would imagine. Possibly, but even the Burger signing, averaging it out, and it's, not, it's, certainly, it's, it's not going to take more it. than 35. It's not, yeah, it's and, not. and there was a, there was a comment about I saw the, was it Reverend Cheesy Cheddarman was suggesting that some what he'd heard but then I saw it was shot down by one or two people closer to the club John Brunny shot yeah. you straight down didn't he what yeah. I would say on that is why do we have to go down this stupid avenue of seeing the worst in a situation if I wasn't happy at work it's called bladesism job but if I wasn't happy at work and I went in and said he's coming he's, he's doing what I do and he gets paid more than me I don't think it's fair if any of us did that There'd be a process that would happen after that. There'd be further discussions and then something would occur. Or I could I feel like I could get a better wage elsewhere because of my skill set. Again, a conversation happens and you go for the process. John Lundstrom, this time last year, had splinters in his arse. He was playing sporadic football in the championships I'd be going to promote, but at the end of the season. The last probably 10 games, and correct me if I'm wrong, he used to come on for about 10 minutes. Lundstrom started to become the 80th minute sub towards he, the end of the season. One, we said at the beginning of the season he was the one we expected to come on and, and see games out, yeah. didn't we, and shore things up. Um, was he even on the bench that much? But right. he, he's got, towards the end of the season, he used to come on almost every game. I'm almost to see sure. games out, mate. Yeah. I, I was convinced it was to get thingy, to get a medal. Right, okay. Um, but. Point I'm not sure why there's a sentimentality about it. I just don't believe the rumours. Uh, the only reason I think that it could be true that he's asking for that kind of money is he's been tapped up and he's got a potential move. That's the only thing and I think. In which case, let him go. Absolutely but realistically, as much as, we like, as much as we like him, as much as he's done well this season, if we were to suddenly put John Lundstrom up for sale, if you're not, but right, he's up for sale, who's coming in for him? You, you're not going to get many, and the fact he's got 18 months left on his contract, I, I, you're not going to get a lot of money. I think you wouldn't get you know, what, what, sorry, what, what I mean is, what, what, what? level of club okay. is coming in from? One at a level below us, yeah, yeah, no one, no one above us is going to. Yeah. But I think they'd be Spurs, Man City, Liverpool, Man United. I got don't, don't you just love that we're describing that's the club's uh, that level. Sorry, I'm None just, of that I'm coming in for him. I, I would say. So. Perhaps clubs like Palace, maybe Brighton that we've spoken about. Maybe. I think that, your Palace West Ham's new one but yeah. because he's English. But that's a sideways well. move for him. Yeah. And possibly a backwards move in, in some cases. And none of them are paying him 65. No, right? God no. Well, mind you saying that West Ham are fucking batshit crazy, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so, I think I've still got a chance with <laughs> <of, laughs> a 30 grand a week contact at West Ham. So the, as well, the next Duffy, and this isn't to disrespect your question and appreciate you asking who I sit aside. Roy Jackson. So I right. appreciate the question, but also like Lundstrom's not on the Duffy level. No. I, right. can, I can see why he's made the connection. Is it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of it's like a circumstance. rocking the boat a little bit possibly. And where where I think the potential connect. difference might be is if it is the agent that's driving this potential issue with Lundstrom, if there even is one, I don't think that was the problem with Duffy. I think Duffy was his Mrs. His family. Yeah. You only have to look at the behaviour of Duffy's family at the time on Twitter and Duffy's. The Lundstrom, on Lundstrom's Facebook uncle's group. been a bit of an arse on Facebook. The, the, the problem you've got is it? when stuff like this happens, Lundstrom scores that goal against Bournemouth yeah. and obviously shoves his teammates and gives it that. That's, that was to me more to say, 
right, you've dropped me, but I've come back and I've and scored a goal. The point. Exactly. And then you get people saying, dick celebration, dick celebration. Yeah. This, this is why, and it's just people it's snowballs. Bad, and no, it's, at the end of the day, the, the, guy, the guy obviously is gutted he's lost his place. He's come back and scored. And he's reacted and he's right reacted right, and, he, and yeah. he's, he's fired up. He's proud of, you know, I, exactly. I didn't see it any bad no way at all. No and let's be honest, there's no shame in being a impact sub in the Premier League if that's what his job's going to be for us. Yeah. There's no shame in that. Oliver Golasowski made a career out of it. There's also going to be different injury, level, injuries yeah, and suspensions are going to come. Good question, though. Yeah. What have we got next? So, next question, I'm, I'll, I'll go first on this because I've got an idea. But um, Robert Bell, at your Robert Bell, says ideas for uh, John's next career after European qualification. <laughs> well, my suggestion would be once we get Can we just add some context to that? So, what you're saying is because United might be in Europe and they're playing midweek games, yeah. John being a teacher. He's yeah. going to perhaps take a little bit more time off work than he maybe should be. And I think we've given his... John, given... for the record, has not said anything about the amount of time he'll take off work. I have full commitment to my employer and the children that I teach. However, should we find ourselves qualified for Europe... Where does blame is a claim? Temptation, reach you like a naughty mate. And, um... can, I, can I make my suggestion for you? Yeah, My suggestion would be, given your um, culinary prowess, that there's surely, you know, it's it's a good few years since there was the Galloping Gourmet, but surely there's a, a TV food travel show there for that's you. That's a really good show. Travelling Europe. But European football it. fans. Yeah, that's a really good show. Cook, yeah. Cooking for the Blades on yeah. tour. There Introducing greasy chip butties throughout Europe. <laughs> <laughs> In a van. In a van. <laughs> that's smell nice. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sleep there, what? Because we'll be taking corner of the fry or league. Oh, no. what's, what's that? Oh, it's only dripping, love. <laughs> <laughs> it's not mayo. <laughs> yeah. Any, any other suggestions for uh, an alternative That's a good career? Idea. I wouldn't mind doing that, but I also really like my job. And I won't, I've won't. i never took a day off work, apart from when I'm ill. Just, yeah. I can't do it because the children are the future. Leave them some out of that. Teach them one. Anyway. Any any other suggestions for new careers if I've decided? I've got some trainers to clean. Monk, alongside Axel Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind that, but I think yeah. that would probably limit my... Uh, we need, if I gave myself we need a match in Belgium. If I gave myself to the church, I'd probably struggle to get to home games, let alone European away. <laughs> Phil, yes. you want me to come and work with you on the training business? Yes, please. What do you want me to be? Town crier. I'll clean them. I'll clean good on Market Street. Yeah, drum up some business for Excuse me. Excuse me, love. Them trainers are really good. <laughs> Can I buff your sneakers? Um, That'll do. Okay. Right, so uh, next question. Back. Next question I have to admit, I, I, I kind of bounced back onto it last night, which was from Phil Samuel at Sludge Monkey Phil, who questioned VAR inconsistency. And I have to say, look, to be honest, we've probably done VAR, which is our hearts can take. Hopefully, Phil, we'll talk about it again. Yeah, exactly. Phil thought, thought that was us writing it. So, Fair play, I think, you know, we'll, we'll move on from that. Yep. James Hanwell, at J underscore Hanwell, best or worst bad weather games. I, to be honest, Sunday wasn't great. It didn't help that my son decided that we'd run to the sheaf view from the car at the worst weather point in the entire day. <laughs> How was that there when he arrived, like, George? <laughs> yeah, it, we sat there soaking wet. It got to half time. It, it was about, actually, it was before we scored. And I said, what are you doing? He says, I'm texting mum to see if she'll come and fetch me. Really? Was, was he that cold? Shaking. It, was I, he? It just got so wet Bless in his him. shoes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I mean, but I think prior to that, there's two two games spring to mind. Fulham in the cup, where it was just- Oh, yeah, that game should never have been played. Should never have been played. 
And there was a match against Crew. don't ask me the year, and it was freezing. And I'm amazed that the match went ahead. It, I've never been as cold, physically cold, that. not wet, just physically cold. cold. I, remember remember it. It. Yeah. I remember it was a Tuesday night yeah. game, wasn't it? I went to watch Bottom at the City Hall that night. Yeah. I think you had a better night. So, so the worst worst weather I've experienced at a game, I'm, and I'm, I'm going down the cold route as well, Reading away in our first season back in the Championship. The, the, again, the game should never have been on. It wasn't safe to travel there or back. It was that cold. My water bottle to clean my windscreen froze driving down. So my water bottle's in the middle of my engine and it still froze. It was that cold. The jets froze up. I had to go to McDonald's to get some boiling water to pour it in it to actually free up. What you need in that situation Sprite. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so explain. So what year would that be? So me, me, Phil and a mate went to, was it old? Was it old Leicester? No, 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 it was, it was the K, it was, what's now the KP? What's now, what's new, now the King Power Stadium years ago. And um, we parked up, went to match. I can't remember the score. Can't remember how we got I've there. got a feeling it was nil-nil. Might have been. And we got back to the car, realised there was no screen wash and the windscreen was filthy. So, was Daft Paul? Yeah, Daft Paul. Daft Paul. It's got a reason. There's, there's a reason, reason for his name. Daft Paul uh, decided to use his bottle of, whether it was 7-Up or Sprite, put it on the windscreen and for about 20 seconds, Worked like a charm. Unfortunately, they turned the windscreen to basically fucking fly paper. <laughs> <laughs> and every bit of table that hit the car just stuck to it within about a mile. Could we could see, see could shit we out the window? And I think Fantastic. we drove back. I think not quite um, Ace Ventura with his head sticking out of the window. I think I was at one point. I think <laughs> I had actually got the head out of the window at one point. Ventura driving his head out of the window, but it was a, it was a, it's always a hairy drive back up from Austin. <laughs> John, can you talk any of that? Well, I'm, I'm thinking of one, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you might go there. Um, it's got the only one for me. Paul Ray. Paul Ray. <laughs> Fucking hell. Was that so, the game though, or was that the, just so the journey Paul, home? It was, the game was cold from the dread of how long are we going to be in this league? Because he just got Chris O'Grady, Clough, who we'd been saying is a missing piece of the jigsaw. He went back after three games. So he should have been on that thread of... Yeah, forgotten so about. we went to... Port Vale away, it's always a bit airy, but there's a lovely pub in town that's got, like, lovely Titanic beer. So we got settled in there. Bit damp on floor. No sounds now. Got back on couch. The worst thing about it... <sighs> right, well, there's lots of bad things. So I, I'm there and I'm saying... On the, it was the last time I went on the official travel list. And I said to Keith Firminger, a lovely man, good friend of mine, said, got to get the coach driver to go to Meadow and off. Because it's flat through Atlanta, and then you can crawl. But then if it has to stop from in town, we'll go on the parkway. It's a hill. And everyone will go on the parkway. Go on Atlanta now. Go on the parkway. This after four hours of... No, 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 this is ridiculous. People saying, well, Coach, like, what do you want us to do? Should I get out and push? You can't go anywhere, you stupid idiots. And then I end up getting off the partway, and um, quite a bit before, like, still call it a big W in Boundary Mill now, and that. And I live quite a bit walk from there, and I walked all the way out, apart from the short part of the journey. Me and my friend Greg got in a taxi with a very drunk man who said, I'm going all the way to Wellington. So I'm like, you can drop us off at uh, you can drop us off at Crystal Peaks then, pal. 
So he tried to, and then halfway up, what called the new road going towards Mossway Police Station, decided to start on me because I called him. I said, Calm down, mate, you're far too drunk. <laughs> Started on me, and we were about to get out of the taxi. I was that cold when I got in, it was like, um, it's what I just thought of, do you know, like olden days, you, when in the early days of cinema, they used to put like smells in and stuff to make it more interactive. It was like somebody got the feeling of Sunday morning football getting in the bath after, <laughs> condensed it, and then injected it into my entire body when I got in the bath. The legs went blue. Awful. And the game was shit, wasn't it? <laughs> so there you go, Paul Bale. Happy days. So <laughs> I really wasn't. <laughs> I've got three questions here, which I want to suggest we wrap up and pick up another week, actually, because I think they're good right. questions, but they're all connected. One is, which areas of the team re need reinforcements in the summer from Ian McSheffield? Uh, there's another one from uh, Trader uh, Blade, sorry, saying, if we were to get into Europe and had X amount of extra games, which positions would we need more depth in? Any players you think could realistically come in to provide competition? His priority would be full-backs, but not a clue who we'd bring in. So I think that's kind of interconnected. And then there was another question uh, from Jeff Hall, which is kind of connected around the Europe piece. Um, could qualifying for Europe be bad for our league position next season and increase the chance of being relegated? So I think let's not tempt fate on that Europe piece for now. But if we get anywhere near that, in that's a few time, let's, let's pick those questions. Let's give it a month. Let's give it a month or so. I think that's a, I think that's fair that we put a ban on that. And I also don't want to. I think there's far too much football to be played and players to impress and players to maybe show signs of weakness um, before the end of the season. Yeah. Not <laughs> so, so the reason John just muttered that is we just brought up the next question, which he was, he, was almost, he was talking about Europe and weaknesses of players very eloquently there and got distracted. So the question... Yeah, is, so what I'm trying to say, because I'm going to finish my point, <laughs> is... There's a third of a season left, and in that third of a season, there's going to be players that really impress us. There's going to be players that show fatigue, weakness, get a bit exposed. There's going to be a surprise package, I hope. I really would love somebody. Hopefully, I wouldn't wish injury on anyone, but for example, if Ben Osborne got in the team, I'd have run a 10 games, I'd probably say, etc. I think all those questions need to come later, but I really appreciate people getting in touch. Um, and, and I think we should bear them in mind at some point and maybe screenshot them now. And, favorite, and, we've gone favourited, so we'll come back yeah, to yeah, the yeah, question. Yeah, but we have got one question we need to address, right? Yeah. So, obviously, uh, this is, must be someone who knows him well. Will John consider shaving his head soon? As I don't think he's as curly as he once was, although he can still have the wise part. Well, that's very kind about my intelligence. From Lee Connor. Yeah, well, I teach his son, so he should be fucking nice to me as well. So, anyway, <laughs> now, me, uh, the hair. Yeah, it's, it's not as much as they used to be. Um, but as a podcast, probably listened to by men and women in the demographic of early 20s to, well, to any age really, particularly probably a more male audience that listens. I don't think making comments towards the bald community, as sweeping as they are, are fair. I don't think they're necessary. And I certainly don't think they're helpful. We all remember that first time, Dan, Ian, when we got in the bath, and you lay back and you put your head on the tiles and it's fucking freezing. And you know the ends inside. Dan's embraced it. Yeah, just shit it off. 
I'm not. But I don't there. think I'm. I don't think I'm. There. I'm, not, I'm not quite there yet. But if I, Ian's not quite there, I'm not there. I'm, I'm not exempt from this, by the way. Mine's going. I'm oh there. look, Mine's it gone. takes I'm me longer. It takes me longer to wash my face every day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I can. I'll live with that. Well, well, it's just worth should, should we move on? Well, yeah, that's yeah, the on. I think last lovely man last question <laughs> last question uh, that we'll go for today is from Mad Dog 1889 which I think is Dave Adam I think from memory and he said raised expectations and our 10th would be considered failure when it bloody well shouldn't and can I just say I completely agree yeah, yeah. I think it's a really fair expectations point. have been if we don't qualify for Europe now there will people, be people moaning people, yeah, people saying we've thrown that away once in a lifetime chance blah 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 and, and can I can I just say because there will be people that have that mindset listening to this I can understand to a degree why you'd be disappointed but let's just keep his expectations tem- tempered let, a little yeah. bit let's hope that we approach the remaining games of the season in the manner in which we have the other ones the man who's going to tackle the last three yeah, exactly. wherever we finish, we will all still feel incredibly proud and happy that that season's gone. And I will say another thing, I think for wherever we finish this season, we will continue to progress next season as we've done for each of the last few. Just to put it into context, I was proud of how we finished that season, although I wasn't proud of the fact that we got relegated, but the fact that we got 38 points that season that we got relegated last time against Wigan at home. Right. We've already got 39 and it's not, it's not out of February yet. Yeah. Whatever happens between now and the end of May, we're still in the Cup. We've still got a chance of qualifying for Europe. We've got, in my opinion, the best manager in English football. Yeah. And he's going to be here next season. He's right. I mean, it's, it's a great question because it will be, like I say, expectations of change. At the beginning of the season, every single one of us would have snatched around the Absolutely. And then suddenly as the season was on, you think, hmm, you know, mid-table, top half, top six. Champions League, which is, you know, I mean, we've, we've been discussed by major news outlets as being in the Champions League mix, which is scary. It's just, it? just wonderful. It's wonderful. Oh, it's, it's amazing. It's wonderful. It's we are being discussed as that as being embarrassing to other teams by some points. Or a, a weakness of the league. Was that, was that, was that Mr. Collymore? That might have been Mr. Um, Collymore, yeah. I think what that was, an example of, is Stan Collymore's lack of a brain being able to articulate the point he was trying to make. Rather than in saying where we are an embarrassment, but anyway, well, it's, it's a great question. But let, let's be honest: right. if anybody's really disappointed with us finishing if anywhere above sixteenth at the end of the, season, yeah. the, end of the season, end of the season, if we finish tenth and anyone's disappointed, I'm I mean, disappointed in them. Yeah, you need to be. You need to have a look at yourself. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't lived through some of the years we have, <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's why we've got this lack of. Exactly. <laughs> I think, yeah. Belgravia, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone sponsor a top football, you know uh, top ten? Four Boys of the Pub, brought to you by Belgravia Haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I really we'll get Michael Vaughan on if that's the case. Fucking it's great. Really, really interesting. Please, please, uh, when we ask for it, like, not all the time, like, don't oh, say, you yeah. know. Anytime. If you want to ask us a question, Christian, ask a question. Within ask reason. Uh, can, we, can, can, we we have have some, yeah, can we have some more <laughs> personal needs? Not necessarily me. Uh, but there. But like, so just to sum as well, like, I have no intention of not being a teacher. I absolutely love my job and it's an absolute privilege. Uh, but watching United is also very important to me. I think good to get that clarification here. Very good. I yeah. think that concludes a section we'll call Four Blades and Grumble. Thank yeah. you very much and we'll be back for the Hall of Fame.
Welcome back everybody to part five, which is the, the Hall of Fame section. Uh, I've got the honour of, of leading us off, well, introducing it this week, because my, my nomination at the last pod won, which was the, the Chris Wilder effect. I thought, actually, it was a stronger Hall of Fame as we've had for a long time last time, weren't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so every time anyone nominated went, oh, you've won. Yeah. Oh, no, you've won. Oh, no, you've won. He, but he, I won, he, so he So, I don't know, obviously, I'll go... I'll go last or second to last. Uh, I don't know who wants to lead us off. Phil, John, Ian. I'm ready. Uh, okay, go, mate. So, I don't know why I clapped. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be getting Luke. Luke will be starting yeah, recording again. Oh, so, um, I think this isn't route one, but people say it is, but I'm your fault. Um, when you follow a football team, there's always like people who are hovering around in the background. Or even more like integral, but like people on benches and stuff that make you laugh. So when you're looking at United in the past, I always used to find it quite interesting under under cloth that like like Garner would always go down to his knees to go down to players like foot level and stuff to watch things. And obviously like under Warnock, Blackwell was quite a character. And I was remember Tony Daly. <laughs> Again, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coach. So, <laughs> yeah. Great, great coach. How would you describe the relationship, Kevin? Strained. <laughs> so it's not my first, you, not my, not describing my first marriage. <laughs> Strained. <laughs> we're going to do it and we're going to do it the blades way. No, we're not. You're going to fuck off. All right, anyway, but I'm basically going to put Alan Neal in it and two things in the last, and he's going to win because he's the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> Two things that brought it to the forefront. Firstly, was his touch on that video. What his feet fall down from there, touches it down, kicks it up like, I'm what? I might be 50, but you are. I'm but, the what, best. but what made me, like, made me love Alan Neal more as well? Six foot eight guy with a touch like that um, was that story on the Colin Murray podcast to him and Wilder and that hugging me, but pitch at Ellen Road, just like almost teared up listening to it. But his eyes when Andrew Sermon <laughs> and the audacity to start a while as in like say, go on then, kid, good luck. You can see him kind of go, oh, oh, oh. Right. Go on, <laughs> so, remember you were at school and the fight starts, everyone's going, yeah. oh, fight, 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 fight. It's almost like that. Until you, until you were brought up down south. Yeah. Fight, fight, fight. All right. Fight, fight, fight. I think as well, it still is. Yeah. <laughs> it predates United, but he's also got one of the greatest injury stories of all time. It's better than Besant's dropped salad cream bottle. It was when he was Scunthorpe manager and he hit a squirrel hit him on the bike. And he got killed by a squirrel. And he got killed by a squirrel. And I think it's just it's the fact that he's got I mean he's got lots of stuff, obviously, you know, he's one Wales cap Mark Marco Van yeah. Brilliant. He he he's just he, he's so quietly as unassuming. Six foot eight. Is he 6'8 or are we just... No, he's not that big. Is that 6'3, six, 6'4? Six, he's fucking huge. He's even bigger than Kevin Francis. <laughs> he's the BFG man, for God's sake. <laughs> he does look a bit like the BFG to me. So <laughs> I think we're the biggest dog in the world tonight. I'm the BFG. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, uh, right, Google it. It must be true. I reckon I'm sorry, but that, that picture of the BBC website, I was just checking it was a squirrel. Look at that. Look at his face. How in the hell towers above everyone? Yeah, he's tall. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just not sure he's quite right. six by eight, but... That doesn't take anything away from the story. I no, no, we're not giving points for that. No, but uh, two months later, Scunthorpe fans asked fans not to dress as squirrels for a <laughs> 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 
Oh, no, to be fair, Southampton. I, I was Alan Mill building a squad back at Scunthorpe in those days, though, when we spoke about it the week. He got Ollie Norwood in his team. He got Mark Duffy in his team. One metre 93. Which is? Oh, not a little. It's, it's exactly six foot six eight. Foot eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's six foot four. Six four. Okay. What's four inches between friends? <laughs> <laughs> or close acquaintances. We're back to Dan Wimbledon again, aren't we? Yeah, Don't we are, yeah. Yes, yeah, almost it's a village, village windmill. So, and Alan Nil is your just Alan Nil and everything about him. And I don't think we've ever gone. Neil Warnock, Kevin Blackwell, wouldn't work. No, no. You wouldn't go. Howard um, Kendall and Adrian First time. <laughs> <laughs> First time I ever saw Wilder do it when they're singing that and he pushes Nil forward. It was MK Don's away. Yes, yeah. in the League One promotion season. Yeah. He's unsung, to be fair. He doesn't get as much credit. And we talked about it earlier tonight. That throwing. That's still working. Yeah. Oh, United love Alan. Sean's off. He's gone now. He's gone now. I was Dave Boyd man there with a a great rendition. Well, he's not singing it. He's coming on one week, by the way, I've asked him. Is he going to sing the intro? He's going to sing everything. <laughs> he can't speak, he's got to sing. He's got to sing every, every bit of conversation. So no, actually, your nomination, it's Alan, Alan Neil, Neil in general. Just, it's just Alan Neil okay. and brought on by the face with Sermon Instagram and Touch in okay. Fair is. Phil? So I'm going with a, a particular celebration and there's been some celebrations from United players over the years that have kind of become quite famous. Keith Edwards walking, running away with his, his finger in the air was a, for me as a kid. Yeah. Uh, Jan Agafjortov with his yeah, aeroplane. Yeah. Paul Pesky Salido with his shirt off. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Well, I'm going back, I think it was 14 years ago yesterday. We beat Wednesday 2 0 at Hillsborough. Michael Tong scored the first. Adi Akinbae scored the second with an absolute screamer. Yeah. But I'm going back to Michael Tong's goal. Free kick, yeah. running away with his postage stamp. And you can't see because I'm doing the signal that he did, but you know what he did with the yeah. top corner, yeah. running away like that. To We've always done that, by the way. In, 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 in We've like, all made the same there. gesture. So I'm, I'm putting Michael Tom's postage stamp in as his celebration. So who was that the game? I was there. I, I know, I've never seen United I watched, I watched, yeah. on, the, I watched on the screen at Bramble Lane where the sun was so bright you couldn't actually see the screen. I was there. Uh, I was there, I was on the lower tier, but my eye line was with the crossbar. And uh, that was the only thing that took away from it. I remember uh, Wednesday at a corner bar at Lepin's Line. And they had Steve McLean at the time. And he scored fair bit for Wednesday. Yeah. Like, he, he always thought it was a donkey, but he used to put him in. I was about to come McLean, I bombed your wife! <laughs> You're fucking mucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, get in! <laughs> and then about four of us running in like that. Like. I can remember a story with him doing that with Mark Viduka, so I'm thumbing at Danny. Mark Viduka at Bramble Lane in that season when we did Leeds twice in the Cups. Viduka! Viduka! Watch Dingle's bugged your wife! <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that, yeah. Taking those to the Everdale set again. <laughs> so Michael Tong's postage stamp. Did, did, she with, did she go with Sherry Murphy and Harry Kuehl? I don't know. I haven't played on No idea. Yeah. Right. Um, I've gone for a, a Wednesday situation as such and a goal against Wednesday. And you're going to tell me this has been nominated. I don't think it has. 
the best volley I've ever seen by a Sheffield United player, and it's Michael Brown. How have we got this far and that's not been nominated? I don't know. Maybe because you stopped me doing Route 1 early on. Yeah, but, yeah. but I realised that I'm never going to get back in winning this until I go Route 1 again. But no, I mean... I mean, he got United's greatest ever goal for a reason, didn't it? Yeah. I mean... You see, I disagree. Because I think that Jagielkorn against Leeds, just because of how stupidly ridiculous nah, it is. Yeah. The, the technique on Rams is harder than Jagielkorn. So my, I've always had a problem with that goal being... It's it, it, because of who it's against. It's a good, it's a good hit. Because I think the goal he scored, was it the week before or the week after against Ipswich? Yeah. In front of Cop, were better. Thought it were a better volley. But it's not against Wednesday. It's the, not against The Middlesbrough one to get the first three points of the Premiership was pretty, pretty impressive as well. It's that bounced three times though, didn't it? Yeah. That one, though. <laughs> no, I remember picking my granddad, go rest his soul up and spinning him around. So I'd had, a, I'd had 10 quid on, you know, to win two. One so I, think, I think that goal against Wednesday, the way he's dropping out of the sky yeah. and he keeps it down. Yeah. And, and still, and still it's the roof and the stone. Who heads it, it, it out? Gary Monk. Monk. Was it not? No. Blades connection, I presume. Yeah. Bom, no. It's Derek Geary. Geary, isn't it? Yeah. Derek is Geary heads it out. Yeah. I've always thought it was Logan Monk. Monk. No, it's Derek Geary. You watch one. it. It's Derek Geary. We go one nil down because Quinn scores in front of Cobb. Quinn scores in front of Cobb. Yeah. Yeah. In the game, was an Keith, absolute dead rubber before that. And Keith Kill breaks his leg. Keith Kill breaks Alan Quinn's leg later in the game. Does it? Yeah, Quinn got stretched off with yeah. a broken leg. I remember that. I did, lo- I did like Alan Quinn. Yeah, I liked Alan Quinn. Yeah. Oh, all the, all the Quinns, even yeah, the third one who came along for the Keith, Keith, Keith Quinn. But they even talked to us of being like a They were supposed to be like some sort of yeah. footballing dynasty, weren't they? So was Ben Down. But there was Stephen Quinn's <laughs> goal was the United goal of the day on Twitter today. Free kick against Villa. Free kick against Philip. Good yeah. goal. He looked phenomenal. He yeah. might have been his debut. He made in the Premier League. I didn't think that went into Villa. I thought that went into Charlton or Portsmouth. Sticks in my mind. I remember Villa. I'm sure they've got it. I could be wrong. Exactly. I, I can tell I just, you why. Just watch that go back. And there was a header which I think is Monk in the middle. Yep. And it goes out left. And then Geary climbs above some, some must be shoulder, climb on his shoulders. He's, and, he's definitely Geary. But even still, I mean, I, I, I'll just go back and say, look, the way it's the moment, the meaning of it, yeah. the, the, for me, the perfection of the hit and the way it just, just, Literally rips the back of the net off. To get over a volley that's fallen out of the sky and still, like you said, put it in the roof of the net. Yeah, yeah. And especially if it's over that. And, and it, it didn't change it. Press. It wasn't something that kind of rose either, was it? Just, it just it seems to be. It obviously didn't, but it seemed to just keep that same sort yeah. of horizontal trajectory. Do you remember at the time, actually being at the game, there was like a moment of disbelief yeah. in the ground before celebrating. It was like, has he just done that shit? Is it better than Lee Evans' volley against Borough? Take out. Take the, the, the occasion. I, 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 I don't know, Rick, take, take the opposition. <laughs> I would say long. yes. Because actually, I think Evans, it's dropping and he's, he's volleyed it, fair enough. But, he's, but he's, he, hasn't, he doesn't need the same technique to do what Brown's done with it. I mean, Brown's had to shape his body, yeah. get his foot over I it. I think the technique for him to side foot it in as well, for, for Lee Evans, yeah. he's not... He's not to, to, that's that's pure technique to, for him to get that I get power. That, but I, I guess he's got, I also, he's got a time to size that up, whereas Brown hasn't got that option of yeah, guys. Yeah, he's been watching that one a lot. Further the thing is with Brown, he was in that sort of, and we've all played football ourselves. Can I point when, out how one scored a volley? And Phil will attest to this, very, very similar to Michael Brown. Though. But 
You well, right, it wasn't. That was a side. It wasn't Limley. Yes. Uh, th- because there's a reason I sighed. Because after scoring, now Dan's not always been the spelt figure he is now. <laughs> he used to be a bigger chap. Lard arse is the word. Is the, yeah, is the maybe. So you showed me a photo of what Dan used to look like, and I thought you were, you were like some brother. <laughs> <laughs> I look like, I look like uh, for those of a certain age, I look like uh, out of the Marblehead Johnson Blue Tones video. So, so, <laughs> so, so this goal, this goal is up on those pictures at, I think it was at Ringular Road, it wasn't at home, I think it was away. Up at Ringular Road, at the top of that big hill. Yeah. You have to oh, walk for miles. That's it. This ball's, Dan was a centre-half and a, a, a proper centre-half, if you know what I mean. Edit and kick it centre-half. He's gone up for a corner. I think he's gone out. He's started walking back because he couldn't be asked to run. He's gone back in the box. He's turned round. Cinder ball's coming towards him and just spanked this volley into the far top corner. Took his shirt off and set off running round the pitch, beating his chest <laughs> and doing Tarzan noises. If I remember, if, if it's where I was thinking, it was against Prince of Wales. It we was. did have some sort of long-standing... They were like a local rider. Yeah, it kind of sounds a bit pesky Salido, but a slightly more Wardos. <laughs> and this is BFG where the nickname kind of Dan the Fanny came yeah. from, from yeah. that exact game. You, you touched on something there, you know, with Brownie that season. He Everything must have he thought he must have got magic dust on his yeah, boots. Everything he flew in that season. Yeah. Like, when you play football, it's like, particularly, not necessarily in a match, if I like, play with the mates and I score, with, uh, yeah, I'll try that sour, please. Um, blood orange sour. But if you score a goal in the first five minutes, you fancy yourself a bit. And, that, and that's... I wouldn't know it would happen very often. Hence, no, the, the, the shirt off and running around the pitch. I like the beat in the chest as well. The thing is with Michael Brown that season, like, look at his career. He had a good career. He played for some real... The thing is with Michael Brown, Man City, Leeds, Sheffield United, Tottenham, Fulham, not Portsmouth. It's a good CV. Yeah. It's a really good CV. But out of all that, um, it was his time with us that I... I think he well he did he scored his goals and then that got his move. But what what's interesting is like we always talk about it, but we absolutely love it. So we'll dig him up again. The under the cosh episode of him, he yeah. actually speaks about when he went Spurs that he realised because he's playing with Edgar Davids. He's like, I'll just get some out. That's when he started kicking people. Just became a destroyer. I just. I'm not going to be able to run a game. I'm not going to score the goals I want to do, so I'm going to, I'm going to have to start kicking people. But the thing is, as well with that, it, it wasn't to the detriment of his... He, um, like he, he, he played on that Spurs team for a fair, fairly long amount of time. It was a player that he... Was it Gali he digged out that when he was at Spurs? Egyptian kid, Hassan Gali. Yeah, um, like, like, telling that manager's pick. I mean, I had to tell him to fuck off as well. David Pleat, we tell him like Pleat, because Pleat went in the caretakers. Yeah. He said, oh, he need to do these drills, like, fuck off, and shoot his bag of balls at the goal. Bonkers. I don't think that, I don't think He's still talking about Brown, sorry, I've just yeah. been to the bar. Have you seen that video of him uh, spanking a ball at Martin Keown's head? Yeah. <laughs> Before the game, he's like, yeah. I shoot yourself. Before the game, believe but Pally came looking for because he's not only hard man on, on he weren't only hard man on pitch. He's here to speak. He's weird enough. <laughs> yeah. he, he might kidnap you and torture you. <laughs> Keon, he does look like he's got a, a tile. He's unaged, isn't he? Yeah. 
Like what stuff. are you saying? If, if he caught Brownie, Brownie would be tied to a radiator somewhere. Like exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> John McArthur. Thank you so much. Right. So that well, that's Michael Brown. Michael Brown. Michael okay. Brown's volley Michael against Brown's Brown's volley Brown's volley field again. Down. Uh, my Keep. nomination is it's a little bit self-serving. That's probably the wrong word. Um, well, like that volley just wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, oh, come on. <laughs> he texted Ian during the podcast said, bring up a volley because I want to tell a story about my greatest ever There's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of Sheffield United social media, there's a lot of fan content that's ended up being spawned throughout, so there's, there's obviously there's this, there's Blades Pod, there's Den Blades, there's, there's all sorts of, there's Travelling Blade, there's all sorts of stuff like that. Um, but my nomination is, is a, a, another kind of Blades Club that we're all members of, and it's the, the Runner Blades. Um, so it's, it's but for anyone that doesn't know, it's basically a load of United fans who enjoy running, um, some who are a, a bit more into it than others. Gaffer, <laughs> to you. Uh, he will be listening. He will be listening, possibly on a run. Um, but it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good kind of little Blades community within a, within a community, really. Um, you know, it's quite nice when you're out running as well because we've all got runner blades tops and people come tap me on the shoulder and say oh, nice shirt where can I get one of those from and obviously Ian you've organised them in the past haven't you and yeah, I will do in the future well, we did we did 10 10 10 last year didn't we together me and Ian and, and we had you know at least a couple of people coming up and we had a couple of people wanted, I'm not being funny people had the photos taken with us yeah. and stuff like that where, where can I get them shirts they said brilliant and then the builders that were working on my house, they were saying, I saw you on Facebook yesterday, and someone had posted our, our picture on Facebook and stuff like that, and it's a... Well, I think it's a good thing, I mean, Baz, the club doctor, got in touch with the gaffer, because uh, he knows him through running stupid distances, and said, you know... The when real... we talk about the gaffer, by the way, we are talking about... We're not about... talking about Wilder. Yeah. We are talking like about... The Runner Blades gaffer. The Runner Blades gaffer. Squintani. Mr. Squintani. Um, who redefines the word lunatic. <laughs> um, but I think we need to have a little bit of detail on him because I've only met him once and I remember him eating a load of bloody raspberries off the side of the road walking from the cricket club at Bristol to ground <laughs> thinking should be rinsing that <laughs> <laughs> didn't even realise he'd run a fucking half mile the morning before wearing something like that morning Sheffield that morning. oh yeah every day Sheffield United European Tour 1993 t-shirt on Looks like it's been washed more times than I've been out for a run. Absolute character. <laughs> Someone washes and I've had baths. <laughs> but anyway, it, it, he's, he's a lunatic being. We got in touch with bars, we got a Brunner Blaze shirt because he said that the real gaffer, Mr. Wilder, ran and what Chris did was got it signed and we got it raffled off and raised some money for charity. So there's, there's good come out of it. But it, yeah. I think the thing for me with it is it started off with one, again, started off in Twitter Blades. Mm, yeah. And within there, people who ran and a bit of encouragement. You know, Paul McDonald got the gaffer. Yeah, I'm going to say Paul McDonald got Paul, got Giacomo into yeah. running. Did you know that? And then Giacomo is now done the West Island way and all sorts. But uh, Giacomo also, uh, standing this morning when Paul checked, was the th ran the thirty first longest distance this month, month in Strava on the world, Strava in the worldwide. worldwide. So that's a that's a, a network that's probably littered. Wow. I mean, I'm someone who has got back into running recently. Did an half marathon before very slowly, or ran before, and it's it's so nice when you go on there. And you've obviously you three good mates, but like other people who are good mates, but others who aren't really. But I know through that runner blades community, 
you're just dropping a lot of colleges and then we off, we've all gone out and run together. We were meant to do a 10k on our Sunday together, but the weather meant that it was postponed, unfortunately. You missed it's, the delight of seeing four blades in the woods. Four <laughs> blades in the woods, yeah. He said we need to do this, it's four blades in the woods. I thought he'd planned a camping trip. You know that scene in Max and Paddy where he reveals magnet and steel to the game. <laughs> I thought Ian had got a plan for it was more Babs Windsor, I think, than <laughs> Kenneth Williams. Really. <laughs> but when, like I said, when you're out running and you, and you run a blaze stop, you do get, you know, you get some beeps on car horns and stuff like that. And, and again, Sheffield half last year. Sheffield half last year. You know, when you started to flag a bit and you get a bit of encouragement, I mean, you, get, you do get some shit from Wednesday fans when they see you running. But even away from here as well, we, so I did the uh, Liverpool Rock and Roll half marathon last year, and me and my brother, me and my brother, run through the start together. And they gave a big shout out, Chef United fans here, and, and people yeah. notice it. It's just, it's, it's a great thing to be part of. And, but any, and anyone listening who thinks, oh, I can't run, I'm a fat bastard, we're all fat bastards or former fat bastards. So get in touch. If you ever want to come out on a run, more than welcome to join us. Our advice would be get yourself down to part one. And even if it takes you an hour, matter, next time it? you do it, it'll take you 59 minutes. Because whatever distance you run, you don't mind if you run it in five minutes or an hour, it's still the same distance. That's a cracking way to sum it up. Isn't it? So we've got Runner Blaze from Dan. Got Michael Tong's postage stamp Michael celebration. Michael Tong's postage celebration. Alan Neal. Alan Neal. And we've got Michael, Michael Brown's ball against the picks. Basically, that's another strong line. I think there's someone, I think there's something there that needs to go in and uh, do you know what i think we might do going forward is perhaps revisit ones that haven't made it and put them back out for another vote yeah i think that's a good okay. shout because yeah. i think where you're you going i just think i just think he i think ian's nomination i mean i think i've still got a chunk it's an empty shin free pass <laughs> i think it's potential free pass territory <laughs> so what have we got as free passes at the minute we've got mel reese we've Lime got green away. Lime green away shirt we've got bashing Shred. We've got Shred. Shred and Bashan. I think Michael Brown's volume. Well, when I put him in last time, do you remember I nominated him and we said it had been nominated? We said, we turned out he had been nominated before. We said, well, whether he has or he hasn't. Yeah, but I'd only keep one. So I think we decided we're going to put him in because uh, he's a Blaze legend. So I, I think there's a, I think there's scope for that. But I think generally that's a amazing It's a strong Hall of Fame, that. Yeah. So um, we'll put it on Twitter tomorrow after the pod's released. With usual links to the pod and uh, get your votes in. And just to reiterate, if you fancy ever fancy getting involved in running, do it. It'll make you feel much better. And in five weeks' time, if you see us all struggling up Ecclesall Road on the twenty ninth of March <laughs> and ringing low, please give us as much encouragement as you can. Dan said that. Dan will be at the front. Ian will be in front of me. And Phil, I don't think you're doing anything. I haven't registered for it. I should He's do it. He's going to do it with me. We're going to do it nice and slowly. We're going to get round. We he needs to realise. So actually, if you want Phil to run the Sheffield Half Marathon with me, between the podcast, and if we get if we get how many people need to say that you need to do how it many first? retweets? I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> he has like five pounds. Okay, lads. So good to get the uh, yeah, it's the good day, to be back. Good the to, day again, one's back. Yeah, good to have the. Uh, um, I was going to go into like a, a Dave esque 
political speech. Uh, not it? only is necessarily appropriate, but I thought it was brilliant. I said, one of the best pods we've ever, I think that's one of the best pods we've ever done. Enjoyed it. And I really appreciate the listeners getting in touch. I think that's a great, because this is what it's all about. Yeah, We're all friends who, you two have known each other years, Phil, Dan, but the rest of us are all friends through this like weird world of like communities which you've touched on down that Twitter based community and the fact that in a way I feel like this is first steps to um, create a bit of a podcast community and I hope you enjoy the quizzes and getting in touch and stuff so uh, long may continue. Definitely. Yeah. Happy days. Right. Three points out there. Up the blades. Up the blades. If you go into a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put the pub on. I've changed the Murray, by the way, so if anybody wants to find me with that, right. Well, I'd say Peroni as well.